Hello and welcome to the Cat Day Chronicles podcast. We have exciting, interesting and powerful stories from pet owners about their projects, businesses and ventures. I'm your host, Michelle Adams, founder of Chatty Cats Care, London's professional cat sitting company. Join me as I dive deep into conversation with pet owners to chat about their individual journeys and of course, their beloved pets. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode. Hello and welcome to episode 64 of the Cat Mass Day Chronicles podcast. This week we are joined by Samantha Kidjo, founder of Issy Care, a bespoke hair care company. She is a passionate engineer and animal lover. Samantha and I met on the Hatch Female Founders Incubator Programme. I loved listening to Samantha talk so passionately about her company and watched the growth. I'm so pleased that she's joining us today for an episode and I know so many people will benefit from this conversation and find it informative. So without further ado, thank you so much for joining us today, Samantha. I've briefly introduced you already, but if you'd like to tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself, that would be amazing. Yes. Hi, Michelle. Thank you for for the invite. I'm really happy to be here and having this chat with you. So as you were saying, I'm an engineer. I studied material science, which is a lot of chemistry. And I am absolutely passionate about everything materials, so packaging, cosmetics, um, and so on. That is the base of Easy Care and how I came with for the, the formulations for my haircut products and my company's values. So it's a big part of me. And I am an absolute dog lover. I love, love, love dogs. If I see you in the street, I will try to touch your dog. I'll always <laughs> ask first. <laughs> But um, yeah, I absolutely love dogs and animals in general. Aww. It's so interesting because usually, you know, when I've spoken to people who have like hair care products, like they, they're passionate about hair, but I guess I've never really spoken to anyone who's actually like an engineer. This is so fantastic. Yes. And I think um, that's also something that puts me apart is that mm-hmm. I bring that personal knowledge into it. And that's also what started my personal journey. I really changed my hair routine uh, as I was studying at uni because I was learning more about ingredients and why and what was about them. Mm-hmm. And I've learned that there is so much misinformation online in, in different blogs and that mm-hmm. it's really important to to research and to know what we are doing, but it's not always easy and accessible for everyone. Mm-hmm. So I hope to bring that knowledge in more easier bites for everyone. Yeah, and it's so needed, <laughs> trust me. <laughs> um, but let's talk about growing up. So personally for me, I grew up, Um, I'm from a mixed heritage background, so I have a white mother and my father is black. Um, He, she had, my mother had, she had no to little experience with Afro hair. So it was quite um, challenging, as you can imagine, growing up, uh, my poor mother trying to handle and deal with so much hair. Um, So yeah, tell us a bit about your hair journey and what that was like for you as a child. So you're... Your story resonates with me like 100%. Really? Uh, I have the same background. My mom my mom is also my uh, white side and my hair were for her um, a mystery. Uh, <laughs> we kind of learned it together. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, she didn't have resources and the right advice mm-hmm. when I was growing up. So she ended up uh, using like relaxer and straightener on my hair to try to mani- manage it better. Mm-hmm. Um, it was also widely used uh, in Benin where I grew up. So yes, I grew up with uh, hair damage. As you know, hair relaxers are toxic, but they also damage hair. And for 10 years straight from my four-year-old till 14, um, I was doing relaxers at least once a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've known the whole burnt scalp, uh, you know, yes. like horrible memories. But then I also was finding myself wanting straight hair 
and Mm -hmm. not really embracing my curls. And the love story with my hair only started in my teenage time, around 14, 15 years old, where I made the decision to stop using relaxers and to look into shea butter that we had in abundance in Benin and coconut oil and baobab oil. That was like the three first ingredients I've discovered for my hair. And that's where really my learning curve starts and where I learned to embrace my curls. And actually, I saw that there is such a lack of representation. Mm -hmm. There is such a lack of information. It's, of course, better now. That's been already more than 10 years ago. But still, I, I still see in my customers' mothers with their daughters that are really struggling and their daughters don't don't find really the right balance. And I'm always happy to talk with them and give them some advice and guidance because I missed it growing up. But I think now we should really do everything we can to um, change the narrative. Yeah, absolutely. I think if our mothers um, had the opportunities that there are available now, like it would have been a different story because I started relaxing my hair. My mum got my hair relaxed when I was six years old. And I find it amazing, actually, that it was 14. You're still very young that you decided that that wasn't the best option for you and you wanted to look at more natural hair care products. Because for me, it wasn't until like my very early 20s that I started Mm -hmm. to really embrace natural hair again and I think it was just because it wasn't because my hair was like thin or anything like even though I relaxed my hair my hair has always been really thick and I'm very fortunate um, about that but I know it was damaged quite a lot and I do not miss the burning sensation either (laughs) that was horrible. horrible yes but I think for me it was just like I started to feel more comfortable I had a lot of trauma from having natural hair when I was younger because of the area that I lived in. And um, I wasn't I wasn't feeling accepted um, by the community that I was living in when I had natural hair, which is crazy. Um, But yeah, it wasn't until my early 20s that I really started to embrace my my natural hair and go on that journey of stop like to stop using chemicals or any of those kind of products on my hair and yeah it's it's been it's been really good I can't deny that it's been great my hair has never felt healthier but yeah that sounds great and to be honest I can understand why it can take some time more time for others to accept their natural hair as you were saying, it depends on our environment and mm-hmm. on our different life experiences. I was lucky to grow up in in uh, in Benin, so there were more black people around me than white people. So mm-hmm. I didn't have that pressure, or you know, I didn't have the same experience, which of course made it easier for me to accept my hair earlier but I I definitely feel for kids that don't have that chance and that are still uh being discriminated in schools and by and by society and yeah this is a a big part of easy care to change the narrative and show that all hair is beautiful honestly this makes me so happy listening to you saying this like I could cry because for me (laughs) like it really affects me personally so like to hear you say that I just think it's amazing and what you're doing wow I really wish you the best I really hope this it will it really will um so yeah let's talk about Issy Care and um like when you actually decided to create this company so the, I wouldn't even be able to tell you when. Okay, <laughs> it, it's been a it's been a long journey. It honestly started with me, obviously making my own products, learning from internet, mm. and it it's been comments from friends and family on how much I knew about natural ingredients, how much I knew about plants mm. and uh, different vegetable oils, that made me realize that I did have something. Because to be honest, it felt so natural to me that I thought everyone is the same, that everyone can come up with a homemade hair mask and just apply it. So at first I wanted to write a book. And uh, after a week, I 
had to accept the fact that I don't like writing and that <laughs> I will never come to the end of that. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, it's my interest also in tech and startups that uh, kind of created the, the whole thing that I have today where I saw the opportunity in personalized beauty and it was a, a trend already five years ago so little by little I started thinking about oh maybe it's possible to to make it and I guess learning about new technologies um, it just all came together about how we could use an algorithm and plants and um, as I like to say natural beauty secrets from around the world to create unique products for everyone yeah, and literally it is for everyone, right? Anyone. It is for everyone, exactly. It okay. absolutely doesn't depend on uh, what hair you have because the quiz on my website will allow you to tell about yourself, which mm. is the most important and the starting point to, to have hair care. Yeah, the reason why I'm asking is, and, and for my, my partner as well, I feel like men, for example, they well I don't know I can't speak on everyone's experience but for example my partner you know I feel like as women we will kind of like research and look for companies like yours and um, try to find the best products and maybe they do but I feel like sometimes it's not really accessible maybe for them maybe there are like I don't know specific products that are just focused on women's hair but it's so important that men have this option too because they also struggle the same as us. They might have thinning hair. They might have, you know, greasy hair. Their hair might be damaged. So it's good for them Absolutely. to also have somewhere that they feel comfortable enough to be able to go on and feel that it's very, you know, open for, for all genders. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I find it very um, unfair that the haircut industry is so genderized mm. that it's always super girly smells and yeah. packaging. And um, it doesn't really make sense to me because at the end of the day, we uh, a lot of us have hair and uh, we all deserve the best care for it, right? So I'm always happy to see uh, different people come to me and be happy with the products and share their experience with me because yeah. it it doesn't depend on on gender like not at all and I've been really trying to explain that to people that it's it's for everyone doesn't matter where you come from what are your hair or what do you do in life if you have hair and you want to take care of it you deserve the best yeah exactly brilliant um, so you studied to be an engineer. Yeah, I'd love to know more about your course and what you actually did because, yeah, I find it amazing. So interesting. Thank you. So, yeah, I studied material science in, uh, in Paris in an engineering school and it was a five-year study. And <laughs> to be honest, um, very, very difficult five years. <laughs> Um, there was, yeah, it was a lot of a very um, fundamental science and a lot of chemistry, as I was saying, and we really learned to create materials from the molecular uh, size, mm -hmm. and it applies to all industries, uh, whether it's uh, automobiles or buildings, roads, cosmetics, so really everywhere, and yeah. For example, the different parts in your phone or in your laptop, it's also material science. And I think the choice I made of my uh, degree really demonstrates who I am as a person. Yeah. Um, I love everything. I am curious about every subject. Mm -hmm. So having a degree that would allow me to work in any industry, because when I started my studies, I didn't know exactly what I will be doing but mm -hmm. I know that I will have the choice and I know that I will learn about everything and that's just amazing it's just that it's been a lot of work <laughs> it yeah. was very very intense studies um, of course no regrets <laughs> um, but yeah it definitely allowed me to also see my business in its wall you know not just as the hair product but also about the packaging and about the tech behind and the supply chain. And really from the beginning, I was already thinking about all of that. 
And I would often find myself in a, a position where I couldn't explain what I was working on because I was working on so many things. Yeah. Um, but I think it's important, especially now, you know, with all the talks about climate change and circular economy. I think every founder should really look at their business like from from the whole perspective. Yeah, yeah definitely. I think it's good because I feel like since a lot of businesses have been making those changes, a lot of people have been following suit. So it's good to see that people are gradually starting to make those changes. Um, but yeah, did you face any challenges when you started to build Isikare and like, how did you overcome them? Yeah, um, the challenges never stop, right? Yeah, <laughs> um, well, starting Isikare, I'd say that the, the most difficult part is to actually start. Um, and I think a lot of people will probably find themselves in that position now where mm -hmm. you have an idea, you know that it could work, but um, you don't know where to start and you don't know how to. Yeah. Um, and what helped me overcome it is really to realize that I had nothing to lose. Mm -hmm. um, and it was really the fact that I pushed myself out of my comfort zone. For example, uh, social media, I'm not very strong on that, but just starting the page for Care was a big step for me. And yeah. once I did it, I was like, okay, there's like, you know, nothing bad happened. So just do it. Just, yeah, mm -hmm. just start. And definitely going to the Launchpad program at Hatch um, helped me um mm. structure my idea so definitely what helped me a lot was finding the right people and the right tools around me finding mm. the right community it helps a lot yeah exactly um and yeah speaking of hatch like that's obviously you know where we met just tell us about what that experience was like for you it was a, an amazing experience the program where i met you was the second program i was doing with them I started with the launch pad, yes, and then and then the incubator. And it really started my whole journey of um, accepting myself as a founder and entrepreneur mm. because having a lot of imposter syndrome, it was really hard to it was really hard to see myself as an entrepreneur and as a founder. I still felt like uh, a student and I didn't really know whether people will take me seriously. Mm. But in in Hatch at the program, I had a mentor, Kita, that was really amazing. And it really helped me to see myself from a different perspective. Yeah. And I think Hatch really helped to boost my self-confidence. Um, and the fact that I had so many women around me that were doing mm. incredible things, it's also that feeling of belonging I think helps a lot because being an entrepreneur can be so lonely right mm -hmm. so finding the right people was really really amazing and it's a community that never stops that's also really nice that we are still um, in contact and there are still yes. things happening and we can always choose to be part of that I love I love that that thing and I guess having the, the whole learning, the whole resources and the fact that they really focus on people that need it and that don't have it always, you know, the underrepresented founders, female founders, Absolutely. it's really important to also be with people that have the same values. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Absolutely, because then we're kind of all going on that journey together. And I think it was really nice when we hear like about the progress as well that people are making and... Um, like you said, staying connected and still speaking to people. We still have that group chat. Like, honestly, it's so, so nice to to feel like that. So to feel like as a part of a team, because we're all in this together. You know, we all had that imposter syndrome feeling at one point or another. So it's just nice to know that, you know, we are founders, we can say that now. And um, yeah, we're just doing our thing. And I think it's amazing. I love the businesses that people are doing. It's honestly really inspiring. Exactly. It's so, so inspiring. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And 
I know community is also a big part of what you do because I noticed on your website um, you can sign up and you call um, what you call your clients a tribe. And I think that is so cool because they are a tribe. The clients do become your tribe because they're your supporters. You know, once they've used a product and it feels amazing, they become a part of your tribe and they're advocates for that and they'll spread the word. So absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And I really try to not be the kind of impersonal brand mm. because I make those products personally. Yeah, you know, I, I make it myself. It's handmade and it's personalized. So each product is unique to the customer. And I want people to understand that they matter. It's not because it's only one customer that it's not really important for me. And especially that I am a small business, but I definitely want to keep that spirit scaling the business because now nowadays, if you go to a shop to buy hair care, it's so impersonal. You just yeah. try to find something that will help you. Maybe you read a recommendation or maybe you try to understand the ingredient list. But at the end of the day, who can you call or who can you text to, to know more, you know? And that's what I want to bring to people, really that kind of safety and security yes. <laughs> in a way to say it's okay if you have a bad hair day it can happen but mm -hmm. let's see why it happened and let's see how we can overcome it and and so it doesn't happen again so yeah that's what is really important I think because for for a lot of us taking care of our hair is a learning curve mm -hmm. and it can it can feel very scary and it can feel like nothing will help or we are in a constant quest for the miracle product. Yeah. And I always try to tell to my, my customers, there is not something that will completely change your life because you need to first understand your product. And that's why we are tribe because someone's experience will help someone else's, you know, mm. it's, it's really about creating that kind of, um, Yes, community. I'm sorry, I'm looking for the word. <laughs> no, it's so true. Because like, if someone, for example, if I had a problem with my hair, say my hair was really dry, and then somebody else said the same thing to me, then I could say, well, I'm using this product from Isicare. Actually, it really helped. And I think you should try it. So yeah, it, it works like exactly. that. Yeah, yeah. It's a common learning, right? It's really about seeing the the common things that we have the differences that we have and how everyone can get the best of it yeah mm -hmm, absolutely so yeah tell us about the personalized hair care so what happens so you go on your website and then what what kind of process what questions do you ask yes so on the website the customers have two uh, two choices they can book a free consultation with myself Mm -hmm. or they can directly take a, a hair quiz and buy a product. So the hair quiz will, will ask questions about the hair texture, the um, habits people have, their routine, the lifestyle, their age also. And the goal is to understand the person uh, because it impacts the hair mm -hmm. and obviously the hair texture. And, and going from that information, I am able to use my algorithm and select the right ingredients for that customer. Wow. Um, the free consultation will most of the time help um, help someone to understand what I am making. It will also help them uh, ask me any questions, whether it's about the routine or sometimes customers tell me, well, I tried the coconut oil the other day and my hair was completely rough and I didn't know what to do with it. So I can bring some knowledge some information for them to understand what is happening it's uh yeah it's free and there is no obligation after it i just enjoy helping people and, and solving their problems that's fantastic that's so so good um yeah do you have any client success stories at all that you could share with us um yeah it was one of my early customer um she she tried the hair mask from from Isikir and I remember her review was I finally sew my curls. Wow! <laughs> so the it, it was a really um, cute story and I really was happy with it because 
for people with curly hair, definition yeah. is very important. But unfortunately, when we don't have the right products, our hair don't have the they don't show it doesn't show the the curl part and so seeing someone being just amazed with their own hair and in love with their own hair i just loved it and i just want to share a second story which was more from the consultation i had with a mother and her daughter mm-hmm. and after the consultation her mom emailed me saying that i really inspired her daughter and that she for the first time saw her daughter try some new hairstyle and taking care of her hair and it honestly was so cute because I could see myself in that little girl and just know that at at an early age I was already able to to help her love or at least learn to love her hair it was just amazing fantastic wow you're doing more than hair care really because what you're doing is really just inspiring people and that's so important especially from a young age because that's when you're most impressionable that's when things will impact you I remember being young and like being at school and I just wanted like long blonde hair because I wanted to fit in with the people around me and like I just I don't know like I was I felt like people want like looked at me and felt like my hair was ugly and I really didn't want to like embrace it and I feel like if there was someone like you back then <laughs> like I really probably would have started to really embrace my natural hair thank so, you yeah wow. then. you're doing way more than just selling a product you're, you're thank you changing lives like <laughs> crazy um but yes, uh, I'm also delighted to find out that your packaging is plastic free and it also looks super cute. Like it looks like it would fit in really nicely on my like hair care desk. So yeah, tell us, tell us about your packaging. Thank you. So the packaging is uh, an ongoing process, to be honest. I'm always looking for the best uh, solution. But yes, the, the plastic free bit is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I guess it's the material scientist inside me that really, I really deep dive in each uh, packaging solution I see. There's a lot of greenwashing in the in that sector, a lot of promises about recycled plastic or recyclable plastic and those nuances that actually don't make much sense because it ends up in, in fields and it pollutes so yeah the the beauty industry alone creates billions of packaging units every year most of it ends up in fields in fields and yes unfortunately our beauty routines are part of that more global problem but what is really important to me is to not put the guilt on the customer i don't think customers have to be um accused of anything it's really us companies startups big corporates that have to change the the thing and um yeah i have a lot of hope for startups like mine because i can see a lot of consciousness in that and a lot of work that people are doing so yeah fighting plastic is really a big part of of the the company and it's really bringing the best of hair care to people without harming the environment exactly that's great um if someone wanted to start their own venture for example a product-based company uh it doesn't have to be hair care but maybe just um you know any product that they have mm-hmm. um do you have any tips that top tips that you could share um about how you started of course um the hatch program definitely helped is there yeah. anything else that you kind of did that that helped you along your journey in the very beginning yeah um, I think in particular for product-based uh, pro- product based businesses, it can be very expensive mm. to produce and test the product. So my tip that I actually applied to myself would be don't spend too much money until you are like 98% sure of what you're doing. Mm. Uh, always try to test on really small batches and uh, and go from there. But yeah, don't assume that you already know or that you already found the perfect formula. It always requires testing and test with people that look nothing like you, especially if it's the personal beauty. That's really, really important. Or at least people that are your target, but don't um, 
are not really like you exactly. What I mean, for example, in, in the hair care that I was doing, I always tried to test with people from different hairs than my direct uh, yeah, circle of friends because I wanted to have the most unbiased um, feedback. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's good. It's, it's, it makes sense, to be honest, especially because it, it means that you can kind of sell to a wider audience. And why would you want to limit yourself when so many people could use these products and it could benefit them as well? Absolutely. So what do you think about this natural hair wave? Because I feel like it didn't happen too long ago, to be honest. When I'm thinking in my head, like it didn't happen too long ago. Like a lot of people were still, you know, using wigs and, and straightening their hair. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. People can do whatever they want with their hair. But um, in terms of like embracing their natural hair, like, I don't think it was too long ago. Um, and then we started to see more people in the spotlight, like celebrities who started to really embrace their natural hair. What What do you think about that? Um, yeah, it, it does feel quite recent. Um, and yeah, I can only be happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, it feels so good to um, feel represented. And I think it also opened a lot of discussions about hair discrimination mm -hmm. in the workplace, in schools. So I think it's really important. And it's a big part of uh, a whole a whole part of the community that will feel better in the next generations. They will feel better about themselves. And uh, yeah, I, I just hope that it will keep going strong until wearing your afro hair at the workplace is not nothing special but just a normal day at work exactly exactly and also then people will start to understand boundaries and not try to grab your hair if it's different exactly and it also <laughs> yeah <laughs> it unfortunately still happens and i think over like even modern boundaries is also about um kind of shared knowledge you know it's mm -hmm. also about people that will stop asking uh, yeah questions that should not be asked or just even go to the hairdresser and he's not scared of you because you have curly hair mm. that's really a, a personal traumatizing experience I had and mm. yes I think there is still a long way to go but at least it started mm. so yeah it, it's very very important do you have any hair aspirations, which means hair inspirations yeah. <laughs> in the spotlight? Um, to be honest, no, I don't have. Yeah. But okay. it's also because I it was really hard for myself to accept my own hair. Mm. I have a very tight curls. And as a mixed race girl, mm. I've often been compared to the kind of ideal mixed race um, stereotype if I can say why it was girls with very loose loose curls very beautiful of course but then it was not me um and it's been very painful for long years to see myself as also having beautiful hair and worthy and well the whole teenage time and self-acceptance thing um so I just learned to love my own hair and be my own inspiration nothing like it's not about um, hyping myself but it's just understanding that my own hair are the best I can have and the best mm. yeah the best can be and that's why also I want people to understand when they come to easy care is that their hair the way it is is the most beautiful and they don't have to try to have someone else's hair because their hair is perfect. It's so true. Absolutely. Like I love that everybody has such a unique type of hair and exactly, that's what yeah. makes them so special and so beautiful because it's so amazing to have to, like some people get teased or bullied because they have like red hair. I think red yeah. Is amazing. I would love to have that color <laughs> hair. It's so beautiful, but it's crazy that you know, just because it's not the norm, it's not just because you don't see it like all the time. Um, yeah. people are treated differently, and it's just yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's unfair. 
It is, it is. Um, but like we said, you're you're paving the way for change. <laughs> Where would you like to see Isikare in the next five to ten years? Say, um, I'm really hoping to help millions of people to learn and love their hair and also embrace a zero waste lifestyle when it comes to hair care because it's possible it's not complicated and it's much much better exactly okay that sounds like a very very good plan and <laughs> <laughs> um, can you offer our listeners a 40% discount on all of your hair products which i will definitely be making use of as soon as we end this conversation um but yeah tell us tell us a bit more about that and how we can redeem it and what kind of products um you have available Yeah, so it works on the whole range of products at Easy Care um, that includes hair mask, a scalp mask, a scalp scrub, um, also something I call the clarifying hair mask. So it's with um, clays, different clays and herbs. Um, and there is also um, a bundle if people want to, to have a kind of uh, full routine. And uh, yes, it's absolutely possible to have first a call with me, a consultation to try to understand more. Otherwise, you can take the hair quiz on the on the website and then order anything you'd like to try. Fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing that. I'll definitely be putting the links in our um, show notes so people can um, visit that and also claim the discount. So thank that you. That sounds great. <laughs> Um, but let's move on to my favorite part of the show, being pets. I know you're a big dog lover, as mentioned at the beginning. Yeah, tell us about your life and journey with pets so far. Um, so it's a big, big love story. <laughs> um, yeah, I had my first pet, I think it was around eight years old. Uh, I think I messaged it to you, but I, I don't remember the exact number now. Mm-hmm. Um, and... And yeah, it was a cat. And after that, we had dogs. And I also had dogs at my grandma in Ukraine that I loved when we would visit. And yeah, it's just growing up, they would always be at home. And I would love to come home and, and have them. And my cat, she had babies. So that was oh. like amazing <laughs> to have small cats at home. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think they have brought a lot of joy in my life and like just pure pure joy pure love with you know nothing yeah how to say they don't expect anything in return and conditional yeah exactly and I just think that growing have the chance to grow up with pets at home is just like the best ever yes it really is it's a privilege Um, but yeah, tell us about your cat. What was your what was her name? What was she like? Yes. Um, her name was Masyanya. Um, it doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she was actually abandoned in our garage. Um, oh. Yeah, we don't really know why, but we found one day three kitties in our uh, garage. And the next day there were one left. And for the next couple of days, her mom didn't come to take her. So she stayed with us and she grew up with us. And I was low-key happy yeah. <laughs> that she stayed. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But, yeah, it was, of course, as a kid, I was kind of, I couldn't understand why her mom would abandon her. But what my parents told me, I remember, was that they, the mom just decided to gift her to us as a thank you for Aww. for the place in the garage. <laughs> so yeah, it was a very amazing experience to actually learn about other uh, living creatures mm-hmm. and to actually see that they have a personality. She was very, she had a strong will. She would really um, kind of, do what she wants yeah yeah <laughs> i know sometimes we would look for her she would hear we are looking for her but she would not react <laughs> because oh. she probably didn't feel like um but we would also play like a lot she was very playful i would spend hours after school just playing with her uh yeah and and it was really amazing and i think as a kid it also learns to be careful about over 
of a living creatures and to be um, kind of mindful of our environment mm -hmm. because we can easily hurt them. So that that's, yeah, I think it's also really great to learn about life around us. And yeah, it was just my cat. Love her. <laughs> yes, it's so true. Like you can learn so much. I always try to kind of like encourage when, if they can, uh, families to get um, pets for their children. Because yeah. like you said, they learn so much. You learn to be compassionate, gentle. Absolutely. You learn how to, if you're an only child, you might learn how to kind of share your time. And Absolutely. Uh, it's really good. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, after your cat, you've got some little doggos or a dog. Uh, yeah, tell us, tell us about your dog and did your cat and dog get on together? Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so about a year after uh, we had the cat, we also got a dog, Chuck, um, and he came to us as a puppy, and I was also so so happy. I was really looking forward to have a dog, mm -hmm. and. Um, Unfortunately, our cat was not really happy about the new addition. <laughs> um, I think it's also linked to the fact that she still had one of her babies at home. Wow. That we still, at the time, we still didn't find a home for the, for her cat for her kitty. Yeah. So I think she was kind of protecting him, mm -hmm. and maybe that's why she didn't accept the puppy at first. And then he would often. Um, come in the house and steal her food <laughs> um, so they had that kind of game where um she would always leave her food but then he would eat it and he would know that she doesn't like it so they had that kind of inside game <laughs> um, this was always funny um and yeah uh, well actually you mentioned the fact to be an only child and having pet which is actually I am an only child and the my pets were really like my play buddies and yeah. I just loved that. Um, so yeah, my yeah, my dog was very playful. Um, he would always try to steal some of my toys to play with it. <laughs> and yeah, we would just play together and it really um yeah, I, I think people that have pets will completely understand that, but you can see that they understand you and even if they can't talk there is really a strong communication and a strong bond mm -hmm. and yeah it's just amazing because it's very unique yeah it is it is it's like no other literally it's the best to have um like pet siblings I also kind of grew up well I didn't get to have my first pet until I was quite older um I think like I don't know 10 but um yeah I had them I grew up with them at my grandma's house and honestly it was the best I loved it, it. I loved it <laughs> but you convinced well your your parents got some more dogs after that and then you convinced your parents to get another dog is that correct yes sir. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah after our first dog I think in after one or two years, we actually got a second dog because my wow. parents felt like it should not be alone and that they can yeah. play together. So that was, yeah, that was really great. The second dog we had, unfortunately, didn't live long. He uh, oh. he got sick after like four years oh. and, and he died. And that was my first experience of loss. Yeah. And yeah, it was really I don't know if I can say traumatic but I really cried a lot I really mm -hmm. felt like I lost a family member and um after that we got a, a, another second dog um he's still alive cake and they both were going like yeah they really get, got along very well um the older dog will always let him uh play more and eat more <laughs> and really be like a, a pack leader <laughs> it was really lovely and um a couple of years ago I convinced my parents to get a third dog um <laughs> yes my excuse was that our first dog was getting old and mm -hmm. I felt like having a puppy at home will keep him active and kind of um yeah active and just happy which which is true um, he was really kind of the the little um, um, yeah pet leader at home and really teaching the puppy how to behave. <laughs> so that was really nice and and yeah, now my parents have two dogs because the the older one obviously 
finished his life. And just, yeah, I guess I want just to add that dogs, of course, are in our lives for a short amount of time, but it's so fulfilling and it's so such a big part of our lives. I think if you had a dog or a cat or a pet, you will remember them forever and Absolutely. always remember the emotions with that. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's incredible. <laughs> you have to leave it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, they're, they're, they bless our lives for a short amount of time. But like you said, those memories will always be with us and we'll remember the good times and and the happiness they brought to us and like you said at the beginning like that that love is just is is unconditional like they just you know sadly some pets are you know mistreated by by people but their love is still there that's what breaks my heart the most the fact yeah. that yeah. they that the animals still love you know people that are not nice yeah. um but they're just so pure they're just yeah they we learn so we can learn so much from them absolutely but yeah now your boyfriend's doggo is in your life as well so that's <laughs> really cute um yeah tell us a bit more about what she's like yes so that is Lucia she's um yeah she's a very very playful dog and our bond is really strong. Like the first time we met, she just clicked with me. She would follow me everywhere in the house Aww. and really uh, wait for me. And um, back then, my boyfriend and I, we were not living in the same city, neither country. So when I would leave, she would really um, cry, <laughs> which is sad, but which is also would show attachment. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, she can play for hours, to be honest. Um, <laughs> it feels like she never gets tired yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and she loves to cuddle on the on the couch and um yeah I always feel like I get along with dogs very easily and she is definitely a, a big part of my life now and yeah. I find that amazing with animals as they they don't have to be yours to be part yeah. of your life yeah and yeah that's just amazing well absolutely I mean my business that I run, like Chatty Katka, none of these animals are mine personally, but I feel like they are. I feel like I'm literally the mother of cats. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. <laughs> it's so nice. And yeah, they do remember you and they do love you. And animals, like they're so intelligent, more than more intelligent than people give them credit for. Exactly. And they know, they can sense energy, like I yeah. feel like they they really know you know the good from the bad sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, do you have any favorite places that you like to go on dog walks? Because that's one thing I miss, like not having a dog. I've always wanted to like go on dog walks because it seems so fun. Yeah, yeah, it's really it's really nice. Um, I like to go to the forest. Well, it's not in London, but um, yeah, go to the forest with the dog or to a, a big park and see them dig in some sticks or <laughs> other things. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I really like to see dogs play with each other. And uh, yeah, it's just, they are so happy in nature that it mm. just brings joy. Mm, and we're happy in nature as well. Like We should all definitely embrace nature because you feel so good after yeah. being in nature exactly. yeah yeah have the animals of course it's a it's a silly question but how have they contributed to your well-being um in many many ways mm. um yeah well growing up and having the dogs at home uh yeah I would honestly talk to them whether I was happy or sad or <laughs> anything and um it always feels like they they can sense how you feel yes and that they would always if you're happy they they also get excited and if you're sad they kind of they can even get anxious um but they they always kind of um yeah uh, it's not a surprise that dogs are used for emotional support because they Uh really are they're they're really supportive and it feels like they can just transfer their energy to you absolutely like um I've come a few episodes well more than a few episodes back I had a conversation with someone who runs um, a homeless charity 
Um, and we were talking about how um, dogs are supportive with um, their owners who are kind of homeless and living on the streets. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and they keep them company and they keep them warm. And um, actually some of the people would rather their dogs eat food rather than them. So yeah. the bonds were so strong and you know it's incredible to listen to some of the stories I mean obviously it will make me cry but it's <laughs> it's it's a beautiful it's you know they're beautiful stories that um, it's amazing that yeah yeah I mean do you see any future with more animals in your life like what would you what would you love for your future in terms of animals so um let me reveal a big dream of mine okay. <laughs> um but yeah I would like to to build a shelter for dogs um oh. maybe back home in Benin yeah. um and also especially for like older dogs or dog mm-hmm. that can that are not full able-bodied um and just yeah be able to take care of them and yeah I definitely I hope I will be able to uh, have my own shelter and really have that kind of dream center for for animals i would love that too let's manifest it it's gonna happen um but honestly it's so nice speaking to you today like i feel like i've wanted to cry many points i've want, i've been smiling like it's been a great conversation so thank you <laughs> thank so you much. i love it too Oh, good. Well, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And um, yes, I'm so excited for everything that's happening. And congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We have some amazing guests on the show who share such invaluable advice, stories and inspiration. Can you do me a favour? If you like this podcast, please could you rate, review and subscribe. This will help us reach people who can benefit from listening. Another way you could help is if you could tell a friend who you think might enjoy this podcast too. See you next week. Goodbye.